Why, hello there. I did not see you enter this room. I am Jay Silver, one of your hosts of the Red Leaf Retrocast, a modern gaming podcast. Join myself and JD as we venture forth into the wide world of gaming and dive face first into a selection of releases from Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. We might make you laugh. We might make you cry. We might even make you learn something about modern gaming. But most importantly, we hope you enjoyed the episode. So be sure to check out the Red Leaf Retrocast Modern Gaming Podcast, released the first week of every month wherever fine podcasts are found. Welcome to the Red Leaf Retrocast Modern Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Silver, and I'm joined by my other host, JD. Hey, how you doing, my friend? Good, man. Good. We're here to talk video games. Get yes. the Vigi games, man. Yes, it is. Uh, a full month has passed, which means yeah. only one thing. It's game time! March was um pretty yeah, decent for games. March was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with March. Much better than... I think as a whole of what came out, it was better than the previous two months. Yeah, I've just been playing a metric crap ton of Minecraft again with a friend. But other than that, like I've played around with some of the new stuff that came out. Yeah, uh, after work today, I got to spend an hour at the video game store. I had to take back an Atari game that didn't work. Very upset what was about the game? That. Was it was it Moonsweeper? Ah, oh, I was gonna say yeah, Moonsweeper. It, it didn't work, so I took it back. And uh, they had um, Yoshi's Crafted World on. I got to I got to actually dabble in it for about forty five minutes. Or I was like, it's oh. a Yoshi game. I like it. Well, we we'll, we'll be talking about that. We got some uh, some interesting topics that's just going around lately that I wanted to discuss. And then we have seven games to go over. You wanted to talk Walking Dead. The, uh, I did. The, yeah, dude, like the saga is wrapped up. It's been like, what, seven, eight years in the making now? Yeah. Uh, then we're falling out with some indie titles. Baba is You and Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. Yes, a new Toe Jam and Earl game has hit the shelves. We got Yoshi's Crafted World, mentioned before. The Division 2, which I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to hearing our thoughts over. Devil May Cry 5. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I I helped you get through some bosses. You uh, you helped me mentally through my stress and anxiety. Sorry, <laughs> right, buddy, I'm here for you. You you were here for me, but as we as we discovered, uh, we're not actually friends. We're just just talk at each other. We're just two people that are possibly uh, real. Well, yeah, like potentially, that. I, I think I'm real. <laughs> you might just be a figment in my own imagination. 
<laughs> Although, like, well, you've got the personality to, like, have a conversation with yourself. You're just, like, continuously changing your voice. Like, and nobody on your podcast is ever actually different people. It's all just you. It's all just me with all these different accents and country accents. Oh, that would be quite the skill. You ever see, like, that movie um, uh, Split or whatever it was, where, like, the dude's got seven or eight personalities and they're all, like, different people? Identity? No, I think it's called Split. It, like, came out a couple of years ago. But sure, I'm sure that that movie works in the same little scenario. Alrighty. Uh, is so, one of your personalities a serial killer, JD? That's what I'm asking. Oh, uh, well, I have many personalities, and they're mostly anger. <laughs> I noticed that yesterday, actually. Yes. Anger and acceptance. Anger, acceptance, depression. And then just blank. <laughs> it's hurt me, Jay. It's hurt me. <laughs> Feel nothing. Uh, okay. I win. Um, I don't even care if I win anyway. I won. Yay! So, uh, I don't know if you pay attention to any primary video game news sites or anything like that, do you? Eh, not really. I just get my news on Twitter and stuff if things pop up. I, I, it's all that I don't care. It's just like, there's that much stuff going around, like things are rumors, things are speculation, things are fake, that sort of thing. Ah. I, I mean, especially I today a... of all days. I was going to say, especially today of all days. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Borderlands 3 uh, hit, the, hit the shelves and people are pretty excited about that. Getting a sequel to that game finally. I kind of wish that got like announced today because it would have pissed people off not knowing if it was real or not. Kind of like Far Cry Blood Dragon a few years ago. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I pay attention to two mostly. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like Polygon just because they're more organized about everything. Uh, they have a lot of topical news. And then uh, Game Informer, which I get a subscription to. There's some... I like a couple of the authors in there. Uh, just an old school type gaming mentality. I just I used to have a subscription to that. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was Nintendo Power, and I was really young. That was then I was a PlayStation Underground. It's kind of been Informer ever since, or a variation of Game Informer. Hmm. So, uh, but Polygon um, for fun just came out with their best games of 2019 so far. Kind of funny since only three months have passed. <laughs> yeah, it looks it like be... almost quarter of the year. So, what have they got on that list? Yeah, so I can just kind of run down what I'm seeing here. Uh, uh, Baba is you is on there. Something we're, we'll be talking about later. Yep. Uh, Apex Legends from last month. Game was fun. Haven't really played it much since then, but game was fun. Uh, well, uh, their little their little um, like content update just makes it the. Overall, kind of opinion is on the side of it's too grindy for no reward situation. So, uh, I'm kind of over Apex Legends, really. Uh, I, I probably got a good 20 hours out of it. Uh, I just never really got great at it. I didn't really fe feel the need to get great at it, especially with, <laughs> with the way you and I played that one time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the second best team at approximately 11 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still a very solid game. There's just not much, I don't know, there's not much else to it other than being a battle royal game. Yeah, so but what, it, whatever. Uh, it's free, like, you can't complain free. with free. If you got 20 hours out of it, I'll count that as a success. Oh, absolutely, and I didn't spend a single dime. Alright, uh, they have new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Okay. The game was average. It was a, it's, I, yep. RE2 Remake, yep. Yep. Uh, Slay the Spire, which we also talk about talk, talked about on the cast before. 
That was and, a card game, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so that's the card game RPG roguelike game. Um, right. And that's uh, that's the list so far, surprisingly enough. So, uh, Baba, as you made the list, which I'm I'm pretty happy. About. Um, then they go the best games on Nintendo Switch was another one, and uh, Baba's use on that one as well. Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Smash Bros. Ultimate, of course. Uh, Let's go Pikachu Eevee. I disagree with that one, but it's Pokemon. Wasn't that last year or was this like just an all-time list? This is just all-time's best Switch games. Uh, I'm going to guess that at the top, like in the top three, there's going to be Breath of the Wild, uh, Mario Odyssey, and Smash. Well, I already said Smash, so I'd say Splatoon 2. Be my third. I didn't hate you say Smash, but that's fine. Uh, Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, so port of an old game, sure. Towerfall made the list. That's really that, that's actually a really fun game. That uh, was originally an Ouya exclusive quite some time. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Friends and I Dusted off played a lot, a lot of... Uh, into the Breach. I still have my Ouya, yeah. It's my uh, emulation device. <laughs> so I play a lot of Neo Geo games. <laughs> Uh, Into the Breach, which is a um, turn-based strategy game from last year, which I, to- I I got to dabble in, but I totally missed out on it. Uh, Celeste, which you and I both played. Yep, it was good. I like it. Dead Cells, Hollow Knight, Fortnite, Mario Odyssey, Stardew Valley, Golf Story, surprisingly enough, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, Eight Delu- Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Binding of Isaac, Breath of the Wild, so no Splatoon 2 on that long list. That would be uh, that would be the omission from that list that I would say. Yeah, would be, it's surprising that it's not on there. Seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah, especially since it's Nintendo's essential live service game, right? Yeah, like it's one of the yeah, like that and Smash are like the two reasons pretty much to have Nintendo online. Yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. So, so big news is Sega had a um, like a press conference, uh, so to say, and they un- they announced the Sega Genesis Mini is going to launch in September this year. Didn't they already have like retro Sega consoles that didn't turn out very well? Uh, yeah, but they're by I believe uh, AT Games. Um, but this is essentially. You know, an NES classic, but it's the Sega Genesis of it. Any idea what the game list is for it, or did they not announce that yet? They announced 40 games, including Sonic the Hedgehog, will be on it. I'd be surprised if Sonic launch, wasn't on there. Yeah, it's going to launch at $80. So, a pretty affordable price, considering. Um, let's see here. I got, a, uh, I got a list in front of me. It's going to come with um, a full-size three-button controllers, uh, HDMI cable, power cable adapter. So not a six-button controller. So that kind of should reveal what games wouldn't be on it immediately. Um, but uh, we got games announced so far. Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, which is awesome. Space yeah, going to kick my ass. Yeah, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, which is really cool to see. Uh, Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, fun. The first Toad is and just like a um. Hang on, is the Robotnik's main beam machine just like one of those Tetris-esque puzzle sort of games? It's by like the sounds of it. Nah, I was gonna say it might have been like Doctor Mario, but that's fine too. 
Toe Jam and Earl Comics Comic Zone. So if you want so to hate yourself, hate yourself in an awesome world, then Comic Zone's for you. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, Alter Beast, and Gunstar Heroes, which is awesome to see there. Treasure game. Treasure makes Treasure had ma made amazing games back in the day, just hit after hit. And uh, Gunstar Heroes, really cool. To see. Uh, I have any... a question. That was sound kind of dumb. Was the Genesis the Mega Drive here, or was that something else? Correct. Okay, that explains why I can't find Genesis, but I can find Mega Drive. Okay, cool. <laughs> Are there any old uh, Mega Drive games you would like to see uh, be announced for this thing? I've never owned a Sega console, so I'm going to buy this thing and just play a bunch of stuff oh, that I've never played before. So this is this would be just perfect for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm excited. Like, I played a few, a handful of these, like, with the um, Sega collection on the 360 and PS3 and whatnot. But, oh, um, sure. Those are great collections. Indeed. But um, I have never owned a Sega, so I guess this is going to be my first Sega console. I would like to see... What? I wonder if they... I don't think they do it, but I would like to see some of the more popular Master System games on there. Uh, but in the realm of, like, Sega Genesis exclusives, I'm a big Dynamite Heady fan. I would love to see that. Uh, I think Shinobi 3 should be on there. Maybe Contra Hardcore. Uh, let's see. Um, another, there was another one. Uh, Alien Soldier. That's, that's like, think of, uh, Contra, but all boss battles. Just like, well, Contra Hardcore. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, I hope that's those are, I hope concept, those are. It's just all boss battles. Uh, it makes the game really hard to progress through. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, it just seems like it's just making it overly complicated and difficult for no reason. The, some other game, Fantasy Star 4. I think putting an RPG on there would be key in the Fantasy Star series. It, uh, synonymous with Sega. And um, I can't imagine Streets of Rage not being on there. Well, not Streets of Rage 2. Either or. Oh my god, that controller is ugly. What? Sega controller? The, the, the Genesis controller. Well, it's the three-button one. It's a beast. It's awesome. It's weird looking. The six-button one was uh, designed much better. I, I really no, like looking at I'm looking at the six-button one now, like with the... um. There's like six buttons on your right-hand side, the D-pad. Whatever those buttons in the middle of the thing are, that controller is weird looking. Start and select button, Jay. <laughs> yeah, they're like just right down the bottom. Uh, so yeah, Sega Genesis Mini, uh, now that it's being done in-house by Sega, it looks like it's going to be very good. Um, hopefully it doesn't turn out like the Neo Geo Mini. What a disaster that turned out. Did you hear much about the Atari flashback consoles? Uh, I know a few people that have, have them. They're, they're not. I mean, they function just like the, uh... <laughs> See, AT Games makes a lot of those. They made the Intellivision flashback, Atari flashback, and they're, they function. They're fine. The games are so, super primitive. No, whatever. Eh. You know, I, I've been looking at getting one for a while. That's why I was asking. Okay. You just want to play Moonsweeper, don't you? Moon Patrol. Get Moon your facts right. I have Moons. <laughs> you bought that game thinking it was going to annoy me. I was part of it. <laughs> I was not like, look at game. my new 50 cent game I bought. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I didn't know. I, I noticed it was a wrong game and I, I was playing along, man. I was playing along. Uh, 
It's okay. It's still a fun game. I lucked out. <laughs> yeah, like the little picture that you showed me about yesterday looks like it could be a lot of fun. All right. I just want to get more patrol, man. Need to get more patrol. So in more so news, when... uh, PlayStation had this so-called thing called State of Play that came out, and people were supposedly really excited for it, right? Uh, have you heard of State of Play or anything or coming out of it? No, but I'm about to look it up. Alright, so I'm going to inform, inform you why people are mad at it. So, Sony, as we all know, backed out of E3. They're not going to do an E3 this year. Correct. For, from my guess, it's, it's going to be like a Nintendo Direct kind of thing. You're not actually there, but you do something for it. Like, special. Correct. Uh, unless they're just not going to be there at all, which I think would be... Um, just to be totally absent from But anyways... Uh, so they thought this was the state of play was going to be kind of a early year E3 type thing for PlayStation, kind of like their uh, what happens during Tokyo Game Show or Paris Games Week, what have you. Well, as it turns out, uh, PlayStation kind of used this to uh, as kind of a, a PlayStation VR highlight, and um. Some, just some other games that are coming out soon to kind of get us hyped for. Uh, so there was a Mortal Kombat 11 uh, trailer. There's more Days Gone news. Uh, more story and trailer from Con Concrete Genie, uh, which is a game I've anticipated for quite a bit. And then after that, it was mostly just VR stuff. They have uh, Iron Man VR, which I believe is out yesterday let's see no man's sky gets a full vr support uh this summer which um i might be actually pretty excited for that i have psvr i love it they named uh blood and truth launches may 28th that's a game i've had on my vr list for quite some time that's a uh, kind of a gangster uh mafia type type game vr which sounds pretty cool right does sound pretty awesome. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's VR. <laughs> oh man, you excited for that? I mean, I'm shitting my pants just thinking about it. <laughs> These games are ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think I might have to just get that one. Because I, I, really, I really like the Five, Five Nights at Freddy's games. There's a reason why it just became a overnight hit. I was going to say, like, I'm surprised I haven't done a console release for any of those. Well, I mean, it's getting PSVR released now, so... Yeah, no, I mean, like, an actual, like, console release, so for, like, yeah, number 1, you. 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 12. Yeah, a, a compilation disc on console. Be, yeah, I mean, why not? Not like it's the most powerful game in the world, but... And make money. I think, I think the, difficulty the difficulty behind that is there's so much fast muscle, muscle twitch fiber things involved with uh, constantly using the mouse to click between cameras, while I'm not sure how that would function quickly on a controller. Feel me? You could... Like the full motion hmm. videos back in the early 90s. You know, there was, yeah. there was a lot of games like that. Um, Night Trap comes to mind. I'm sure I could work something out for its work, though. I don't see it being overly difficult to figure out. You can just change it a little bit and tweak it a small. Yeah. Mm. So, so, if you weren't a PSVR fan like myself, then, yeah, I mean, you could, I could see you getting 
pretty upset about most of the this whole state of play little thing that happened uh but it, it got me more excited for concrete genie um i'm seemingly more interested in days gone now than i have ever been before that looks good yeah uh i think it's probably the, gonna be the central the... focus of next month's um <laughs> next month's game little podcast yeah we'll have to look at the list that uh that we're getting looking slim right now i have like three so that's fine makes it easier for us makes it makes it a quick episode all right uh so tell me you guys in the audience all you people listening tell us what you thought of state of play if you watched it or uh was it were there any switch omissions from their top list or any games from the top list of the year so far that gone there um it's weird that bob as you got it out there and that's a march game but none of the other march games quite made it yet maybe their article came out before those those were released i think so that's my theory Anyways, speaking of March, Jay, let's move on to our games. <laughs> well, before we get into that, okay. back to the state of the state of um state of the play thing. Um, there hasn't really been much news on Last of Us Two since the reveal a few years ago. There doesn't really have to be until they're ready. I know I was under the impression, like in my head, it was going to be out this year, but oh. still, kind of nothing for it. I imagine something this summer. Uh, I imagine something uh, this summer be revealed. I'm excited. Need more Last of Us in my life. <laughs> uh, so Jay, I have a number of wrestling drops. And anything besides Kazen and Ra, you want me to play? Uh, let's go with Stardust Genius. Okay, done. Had to. Had to do it. You can't have a Indeed, podcast like, without a drop, right? <laughs> Indeed, but like, why wrestling? We've got gaming things that we could have done. You could have ah. done like the classic Mario thing. Like, did it, did it, did it, did it. Ah, the wrestling was more wrestling. fun this time. Keep it, keep, keep our audience on our, uh, on its toes, on their toes. <laughs> you could just like download an 8-bit version of Stardust and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> I suppose. Okay, so Jay, Games of March. Got seven to go through. You really wanted to talk Walking Dead, so here's your platform. I was gonna leave that till later. You just throw me in the deep end now, man. Can I get it out of with now? Do it. Uh, I'm curious. Have you played any of these? No. Well, I've seen. I've seen a season. I, I watched a friend play season one. You haven't actually touched them. No. That's surprising. Why's that? Uh, just never got into the Walking Dead. Don't really need to, man. Like it's a self-contained whole little story doesn't matter but fair enough into it. so uh, tell, it's tell, a point tell and games click. just never been my thing really yeah no i i like them they're usually got a decent story to them little episodic things you can just play like an hour here an hour there and just good to go but man this story has been going since 2012 right and it's finally wrapped up. And look at everything the Telltale games went through at the end of last year, and Skybound Entertainment buying the rights to finish his story off. It was good. I'm glad that it got finished. Um, you said you haven't played any of the story, so I guess there's no point in going through everything. But I almost cried, man, at the end of this game. 
stupid, 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 emotional, stupid game. So it did a good job with uh, finishing out character plots and arcs and it did so like it did it did so like here's the thing right in the first game you're playing as lee and his his throughout the whole game like you're essentially uh protecting clementine right who's the little girl if you've seen someone play through the first game right yes okay so then in the second one you're playing as clementine and like she's only about 11 12 at that point like trying to just survive finds a group um that group goes south very quickly and in the process of that happening a lady gives birth to a little like to a baby quickly so far so in the walking dead new frontier i can't remember who i'm playing as i think his name was jose but he meets up with clementine throughout the whole thing because like this really is clementine's story with other supporting characters and you find out that like the baby's all alive baby's been taken from her because she was too young and stole medication to try to keep its fever down right (laughs) so you go through that she finally figures out where the kid is goes and gets him and then in season four it's very bloody reminiscent of season one so you're playing as clementine again but this time you're trying to keep aj alive so you're teaching him everything essentially that Clementine got taught throughout the whole thing. Uh, while while like interacting with all these new characters, you can make her, if you choose to, um, pursue romantic relationships either with a male or a female. Mm-hmm. So she's Which older, is interesting. Right? Like, it, yeah, like it's interesting because like um, they didn't implement this in the previous games, but I guess now she's coming of age, so it kind of makes sense. So, end of the last episode, my dude. Clem gets bit on the leg. Mm-hmm. And it really upset me because I've been with this character for years. And my one objective throughout this whole series was to keep Clementine safe. Couldn't just cut off her leg. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay. So very reminiscent to how Lee dies, except he gets bitten on the hand or the arm. And you've got a choice in the first game whether or not you want to cut off his arm. Either way, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just a cosmetic detail. Lee's going to die either way. But at the end of that season, you have to decide whether or not you're going to kill Lee or leave him to turn. <clears throat> so, after Clem gets bit, they end up in a barn. Very bloody reminiscent once again of season one, where you're telling AJ what to do, whereas in season one, you're telling Clementine what to do, blah, 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 right. blah. And it gets to the point whether or not you want to get left or whether or not you want to die. And I chose for Clem to die because it just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. So Little in, bastard. in this world of The Walking Dead, once you get bit, you're fucked. Essentially, unless you can lob it off quick enough, but come to this point here, and it'd been a very, very, very long time since you'd been bitten. Oh, so she just didn't realize she was bit? No, she realized she was bit. They just couldn't do anything about it at the time because they were getting pursued by a little group of walkers. Uh... And she had, like, previously to this, she, like, already had a nasty, nasty, nasty injury to her leg. Okay. Because, you know, you, you, you take injuries when you're protecting little children. Sure, sure. Bastard children, how dare they hurt my Clementine. So everything came full circle. It's not bad. Everything came full circle, essentially. So, yeah, if you got a choice whether or not you want Clem to die, um, upset me, chose for her to die, because let's be honest here, don't need to become a walker. <laughs> little bastard brings down the axe on... What I'm assuming was her head cuts to black, right? Cool. Yeah. You then start playing as AJ for like a little part of the end of the game here, like very reminiscent once again to season one. 
cool. And you find Clementine's hat wash up on the like wash up on the thingy, which is a very key thing to this whole thing as well. Like Clem's hat has been there since the start; is very recognizable as her character. Right. Yeah. Even I. Even I know. That, yeah. Yep. Um, character returns uh, from previously in the episode. Thought he was dead as well. Turns out he wasn't a little turd. Um, <laughs> they have a conversation. Little kid decides to teach an older kid how to survive because, you know, that just makes sense in this world. They mm-hmm. go back to their little home base and, dude, Clem was alive. AJ took a leg off. And that's what really, I like that. That's what it'd be with the feels. I was oh, like so weak. happy. Dude, so she's I, turn. I was. No, I, I thought she was too, but no. He took off a leg, so now she's going like to die either way. the rules but... of the world. Well, no, because if you lob it off quick enough, you can. But we just went through fine. a scenario. We just went through the scenario where it's like, no, it's been a while. It had been a while. That's why I was surprised. I was very upset, and dude. Like the I, rules I, of their own world. I'd be mad. I'm mad just hearing about it. <laughs> I'm mad hearing about it too because I thought Club was dead, but I was happy, and that's what I like. I was I was really upset, and like good. I was borderline. I think, I, that's a co- I think that's a cop out and breaking the rules of the world. I'm fine with this cop out, dude, because like I was, I was holding back tears and stuff when um when I thought the Clement like was screwed. Then like I'm like very more, yeah, I'm even got, more upset it got now. The right emotional reaction out of you, and then they just kind of threw that away. I know, but then like I was even more upset, dude, when like I found out she was alive. It was like tears of joy. I'm like, oh my god, she's alive! And now like I'm just know that if they ever do a season five, which is never going to happen, that she's going to die now because she only got one leg. <laughs> Good luck running around now, Clem. You are screwed. <laughs> if walking down has taught me anything, people with one leg don't survive very long. <laughs> but I'm very happy that Skyban wrapped this up, man, because like I... At least it was finished, yes. Yeah. That's the Which, big positive. If, if this is the ending, like there's more to do, I, I don't want to elaborate too much in everything because it's a very story-driven game, but like if, if Skyban decides to do more or like bring... Clementine is any other Walking Dead sort of games that they do, seeing as though Skybound is actually owned by the original creator of The Walking Dead. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what they can do with her character now because, like, she's somebody who anyone that's played through the Telltale games, like, there's a few deterrents here and there that you have to decide some common things with her personality, but, like, she's a character that can just be kind of plopped in anywhere and people would recognize. Right. Okay, yeah. And The Walking Dead, it's a massive, massive, massive franchise at this point, man. So, like, there's there's almost anything they can do with their character if they decide to do anything game-wise. If there's stuff another like game, that. they don't sell very well. <laughs> I know, but I I lived this journey. I got upset. I almost cried. I Maybe, maybe I did cry. I don't want to admit it. But <laughs> I'm glad that it's over. I want to go back and replay this and change some things that I stuffed up along the way. Um... My Clementine was a very broken individual by the end of this series. Well, now she's broken physically as well. Good Indeed. Job, <laughs> my, listen, my one objective throughout this whole saga was keep Clementine safe. Sometimes I did it well, and sometimes I didn't do it very well. Well, it, it's funny you bring a lot of this up, because one, um, one of the bigger articles in this month's Game Informer was uh, choices in video games. How they've led to branching paths, different dialogue, and player choices. Uh, well, that's pretty much what the whole Telltale franchise yeah, game is based around. They interviewed someone from the Walking Dead franchise, David Cage, because of his games, Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain kind of deal, and a, and a couple other people. And uh, It was the different aspects of looking at how 
they have come to make these branching path paths and and how it affects the player and so david cage said something along the lines of uh where your choices actually make a different outcome right while most games because it uh oh you know what it was one of the people involved with the witcher 2 because that was one of the one of the like pioneers of different choices lead to a different ending kind of kind of situation right right uh and meanwhile, with games like The Walking Dead, it's more of in the moment uh, rather than like the end is going to be the end. Right. Well, yeah, like there's, there's always going to be middle, one or two outcomes that are going to be the same come that ending. Yeah. Well, everything in the middle is very self-contained to the moment. It, very little transfers over. over. So, so is that good for the player? Good. They also went went to. Um, uh, how just picking between good and evil, how 90... I think they did a study where 75 to 90% of the people will always choose the good angle first rather than the... Well, if I'm keeping Clem safe, I may not be in that 90%. Yeah, but that was your objective to play it that way. Yeah, I said that from the start. I'm keeping this kid safe. It doesn't matter what I have to do. I'm keeping Clem alive. Yeah. It was an it was an interesting read. Um, anyways, I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it, and the and the game is finished finally. It's finished. I'm not exactly 100 percent happy with how they wrapped it up. I understand why they did it, but I'm happy it's done. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty. Moving on. Uh, Baba is you is an indie title that came out in March, which uh, I'm a big fan of. Actually, it's it's a uh, it's a puzzle game. Jay, you've heard me talk about this. I have. You get to push things, you get to pull things, you get to become things. Pretty yeah. cool. So it's a text-based puzzle game. So you have words on a single screen. Uh, for example, you have... And, and these, te these words create a small little sentence, right? And those are the rules that you abide by. And you can maneuver the words around to either change the rule or get rid of the rule. So for example, wall is stop. You can't go through the walls because that's what it says, right? If you move one of the words, such as the word is, so it's no longer a completed sentence anymore, now you can just go through the wall. So Radio. you you work you work within those kind of rules and uh, what text is on screen. Uh, so it's very interesting how such a simple concept uh, gets really complicated with each uh, new quote-unquote world that's introduced and you have about 10, 11 levels per world that you unlock until you get to the end. There's not really much of a uh, any story there. In fact, it's just going about level to level. Just trying to figure out that each map board and figuring it out to win and move on to the next board. And if you get... St the nice thing is, if you get stumped on one, they, when you complete one, you usually unlock three at a time. And when you complete one, another will open. So even if you get stuck on one, there's other levels you can go to and continue the game from there. Uh, which was really important because I swear I came across one on about the third world 
where uh, I think it's a I think it's a glitch because I think it's unsolvable. Because when I looked up on on YouTube how to solve it, the YouTube video uh, had the word push, while on mine it says pull, which makes no sense because then the rules don't work within that within that level. Uh, could could but could just be a uh, little bug there, <clears throat> but I quite enjoy the game. I think I played over four or five hours of it to to this point. It's just uh, something I, I like play a level or two before bed, and then I'm I'm good. <laughs> and then your game breaks, and you can't proceed. Uh, well, no, I just went to a different level. Ah, oh, so you can skip levels, can you? Yeah, that's what I said. I heard you say that. I was just clarifying. It seems kind of pointless, though, because it's a puzzle game. You shouldn't be able to skip levels. You should just have to do everything and then move on. Well, like I said, they they unlock three they unlock at a time, so you don't have to solve all three of them to move on. You can solve one or two. More will open up. That's convenient. Yeah, it's kind but of like a... for completionist sake, that kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I mean, if you want a hundred percent it, then that's a different story. But you have to one. Um. Like, the bonus levels are really tough. Uh, they're definitely different. Uh, they're a higher level of, of craft to the world, manipulating. Like, e even if things are the same board, they, they just add or take out one thing, and you go, shit, now I have to work my way around that one thing that's there or not. It's interesting. It sounds very interesting, but it, yeah. Yeah, it's only around $15 USD, so it's not expensive. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's 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 one of the better games of the year and it's very simplistic. So, it's nice to it's nice to see. Yeah, nah, simplistic games that are good are always very very good. That uh, probably didn't come out right, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think it has like an 80 or something on uh, Metacritic. Look this up. Um Walking Dead. Forgot to mention this before. I, I was gonna look that up. Walking Dead final season uh, has a, a seventy-five something. Yeah, seventy-five Metacritic score. Baba is you has an eighty-three Metacritic score. Not bad. So according to Metacritic, uh, Baba is you is better than The Walking Dead. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> okay. Jeez, okay, that's cool, I guess. I, I like Walking Dead, but that's fine. Uh, Alright, uh, our next game is the new Toe Jam and Earl game. Now, I've never played a Toe Jam and Earl game, so you're going to have to explain this one to me fairly well. So... There have been three Toe Jam and Earl games. The first one was a kind of walkabout game where you're on a where you're on a board and you go around. Um, the the whole premise is you're two aliens, your ship crashed, and you're walking around the world uh, looking for the parts of the ship, put it back together, and go back to your home home world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of goofy stuff in the game, uh, goofy items to use. Uh, and the second game was more like a side-scrolling, uh, side-scrolling one where it was a little bit more clear, more uh, colorful, 
Uh, same concept. And then I never played the third one. This one, Back in the Groove, is a callback to that original first game. It's, it's, those, it's those rules, and I believe it's also roguelike, from what I can tell. Like, things change uh, over time. Right. Yeah. So it's 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 literally uh to me it's a new first game basically. There's nothing inherently wrong with the game. It's just uh very underwhelming in 2019. You know? Yep, yep. Uh the other way I can describe it is because it's filled with this whole 90s personality with everything. I think only people around you, your age and mine and older will find the game uh, any sort of interesting, while, say, a younger audience will have a, a tougher time getting into the game. I think that's what's leading to the kind of mediocre 76 Metacritic score that's going around. So... Can you play this one though without experiencing the other ones? Uh, yeah, absolutely, you can. You don't, I mean, it's not like a continuing story, not really. Anyway, a pretty self-contained story. Um, it does have co-op, just like the first game, which is real nice. That's super fun. That's definitely the recommended way to play this. Hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing one person plays as Toe Jam, the other person plays as Earl. Correct. Cool. Toe Jam is fast. Earl is uh, fat and slow. Um, different little abilities. So, uh, I found I found a few of the enemies in this new Back in the Groove overly annoying and kind of unfair. Uh, like once they spot you, they can spot you from across the map, run right at you, and you can't do anything about it. Uh, it's kind of cheap. Um, I think there's that's where that roguelike thing comes in the. Uh, I am looking at the screenshots of this now. It looks um, it looks very retro. It's uh, it's funky fresh, man. <laughs> guess that's why I'm describing it but yeah it looks like a lot of fun <laughs> it's okay it's okay it just kind of made me want to play the others more <laughs> do you have the other ones I have the second one I don't really care for the first one too much because it's kind of you die pretty cheap basically mm. well time to dust off that second cartridge <laughs> okay our next game is uh, something you personally got. Why don't you tell us Yoshi's about this one? Yoshi's Craft the World? Ah. Dude, I love Yoshi games. They're just, like, really adorable. They're, they're very simple. Indeed. Like, you're Yoshi, you eat things, you throw eggs at things, you take damage, you then eat the thing that damaged you, and you move on. Unless it's a thing that you can't eat, which there are a few of those. Um, but in this game, you need to collect smile flowers to progress after certain levels because there's these little QB asshole things that are like, hey, no, you can't go ahead without giving me smile flowers. I'm all depressed. <laughs> Assholes. So it really My does smiles. make you out of your way. Indeed. <laughs> I need to be happy. To um, be so happy. Really... Jay, make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But um, there's like a casual mode and a normal mode. In the, I haven't played the casual mode very much because I'm not a filthy casual. Um, but yeah, like it's just a little cute Yoshi game. If you played Yoshi's Woolly World or Yoshi's Island, they're all pretty much the same game, which is fine. Like once you've got a form, you're on a work, stick to it. Make little add-ons to it and everything's fine. 
Yeah, uh, from what I played, I only played the first few levels, but I definitely understand what the game is. Uh, I do like the things they added in the game. They made it seem like that two and a half D world where you can shoot in the foreground and background of things. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and if you time the eggs well enough, you can get little combos if you hit the same thing over and over and over again before it hits the ground, and you get more coins and stuff out of it. Yeah, there's there's a nice little neat quality of life improvements, uh, because um, I have Woolly's World on the Wii U, and uh, yeah, you know, it's enjoyable. It's not the hardest game in the world, that's for sure. It's a, it's a Yoshi game, let's face it. Uh, I definitely like, in terms of Switch games, I definitely like this much more than Kirby Star Allies. What's up? Uh, so Kirby Star Allies seemingly has no difficulty. And okay. Kirby games have never been tough by any means, but I don't know, there's something about Star Allies that just... Like, if, I, it's that whole, if you want to turn your brain off to it and just enjoy Kirby for being Kirby, then sure, go for it. Yoshi, Yoshi's Woolly's World at least had some sort of niche and concept to it all and then crafted world builds off uh builds off woolly world into its own little game uh with that same concept and adds adds to it which i i thought was was uh was needed uh to be honest i i absolutely love the idea of playing the level backwards that's how you discover yeah yeah i also like the fact too that like every even though everything looks like it's made out of like crafting paper it's um done in a way that is just like everything makes sense in the world. Yeah, I guess Woolly World was the same kind of thing as that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was everything's yarn. It was building off Kirby's epic yarn. So I I I definitely see a lot of things uh, building off each other into the same realm of of kids games. It's quite nice. It's uh it's a simplistic experience that I think is worth checking out. Now, if you th- if you're not into games that are overly easy, then this wouldn't be for. Or if you're not into Yoshi, but that's also another thing. By the way, most important question I'm going to ask you of the day: Which Yoshi did you choose? Uh, pink. Duh. Pink. Pink. Why oh. sunburnt Yoshi? It's albino with sunburns. Because it's almost the color of blood. <laughs> oh, well, there's a red Yoshi there, which is like also the almost the color uh, of blood. That's too close. I have to throw off my enemies. <laughs> you know, uh, did you ever play um, Yoshi's Touch and Go? No. So it was a um, it was an it was a side-scrolling Yoshi game, like all of them are. But um, Yoshi automatically jumped and moved to the side, and you had to like draw clouds and that sort of thing. It was a DS game to like bridge gaps and circle enemies in order for Yoshi to like eat them or throw things at them, that sort of thing. But um, the eggs that you would get in that game were always the color of the Yoshi. Like the further you progress in the level and like the higher your score got, like you would change Yoshis and get more like different colored Yoshis had like more eggs to carry high, jumped higher and that sort of thing. Okay. It's one little in- feature I wish I'll bring back. Like the Yoshis have the color eggs of the Yoshi that they are. Why not? So, like a purple Yoshi would have purple eggs, and a red Yoshi would have red eggs, so on and so on. Like each of the eggs should do something a little bit different. Kind uh, of like Yoshi's yeah. Island too, when like the different babies gave you the different powers with the eggs. Yeah, yeah. I feel you now. I feel you now. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a neat little little mechanic. Sure. 
In case you're curious as well, I chose purple Yoshi. Wonder how you'd. I don't know. Maybe you could have like different difficulty spikes with the different Yoshis. Like, say for example, like green Yoshi would be like normal. If you Pink lose, Yoshi if would you be lose like Yoshi, you die. And a situation. Well, there's how many Yoshis? But there's like ten different colors. Like you could do a permadeath system where, like, once you die as a Yoshi, you could have to choose a different Yoshi, and then like learn how to use its different eggs and jumping mechanics and stuff. Oh, that'd be that'd be kind of neat. You can switch would between. Would be kind of cool. Uh, no, because then you'd get Kirby Star allies. Uh around that realm, because that's that was the idea behind them. Anyways. Yeah, maybe. Um, what do you think of the little armor system? Did you play around with it at all or not? No, I didn't get it. I didn't. I think it's kind of pointless, but you got gacha pipe machines where you put like your coins in and you can get like little armors to wear, I guess. <laughs> it has a loot box system. <laughs> it does, actually. Have you noticed that or did you not play with that? I didn't play with it at all. Yeah, there's a loot box system, man. That's like funny. The armors, though, like, they break. So there's literally just, like, absorb a hit or two and then just move on. You can dress yeah. Yoshi up like a car, man. Did you get up to the level where you're playing as Mecha Yoshi? Yes. Yes, I did. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's Kirby. That's, that's like Kirby's Epic Yarn. Wooly's World kind of had things like that going on with cars. Yarn stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's a simple game. It's fun. Enjoy it, and nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I like Yoshi games. Yoshi games are usually fairly fun. So, the next game is something that's anticipated by a lot of people. It's the latest live service game from Ubisoft. It's a looter shooter. It's called The Division 2. Tom Clancy's The Division. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. I don't okay. care. You don't, do you? You wouldn't be the only one. That's cool. Yoshi's Crafted World has an 80 on Metacritic, by the way, which is fine. Indeed, it's a well-deserved 80. Division 2 has an 85, which, uh... That's disappointing to me. Um, I don't know. It seems pretty okay with it. I think I would have had it lower. Uh, so, I did dabble in the Division 1. I played the uh, beta of Division 2 to kind of get a feel of, like, all the things that have changed in it. You know, we, we, we spoke about Division 2, Division 2 beta in itself, some of my worries, some of my positives. on. So, Division 2 doesn't inherently do anything horrible, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a much more colorful game than the first one. Uh, its story is awful, and it really tries to Put that in your face that you should care about the story because it takes place after the after the the first game's events of the virus going around but the division 2 never really does anything uh story-wise with their their elements that they have in have in this plot and it's also very pussy of them to have such a political agenda in the game and then have such a back-off stance about it, saying, oh, it's not a political agenda, even though everything in the game says it is, right? Yes, yeah. that just seems kind of wrong. Yeah, they don't want to offend anyone with their with their Tom Clancy's virus and, and Washington, D.C. is being taken over, uh, like this pro-American movement. Like, it, all... Everything in the game is a political stance. 
But behind Ubisoft and Division 2, the people, they're just like, no, it's, it has nothing to do with political stances. Yes, it does. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, duck, right? Unless it's a chicken. Unless the chicken says, no, that's not a duck. Like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. enough about that. How is the game? So I already mentioned the story is hogwash. Like, so what are you playing for then? Well, you're playing for loot and its live service model, right? Like, we, right. we spoke a lot about that on Anthem in the last cast in February. Like, that's how it's built. So is the Division 2's live service model good? Um, yes and no. And so this is what I mean by it. Uh, you do get a lot of loot. It's very generous. Uh, there's a lot of uh, attire upgrades and um, uh, customization packs for your character, which is nice. A lot of it is just simple, like here's knee pads, here's your backpack. You do get to see them on the character this time, which is very nice. Right? Uh, but all the goofy stuff is hidden behind paywalls in your microtransactions, so instead of, like, playing levels or playing things to unlock them, uh, you have to pay for them. So all the fun stuff, in my opinion, is taken out for the microtransactions. So I don't agree with that. I still don't agree with that practice. I'll never agree with that practice. So with that being said, though, like, it's an Ubisoft game. What's on you play for it? What's exclusive to Uplay? Yeah, because like there's usually some cosmetic crap you can get through Uplay, like got or awesome oh, guns and stuff for like, like it, you'll you'll earn Yeah, because like coins Uplay, and you can use those yeah, coins. yeah. So like was there anything on Uplay for it or like goofy things or did you not look that into that? I didn't look into that. I pl I played this on the PS4. Although I do have Uplay and what's weird is you do get as long as you connect your Ubisoft account to the games you have, you do earn points. So I did that yeah, with did. Assassin's Creed Origins, and I used the points on, like, certain weapons or something. So I, I, I feel it's similar in uh, Division 2. I assume it's similar, and you're not going to get the microtransaction-y stuff. Like, you're not going to get a cowboy hat or a, I don't know, top of my head, uh, Halloween mask, right? Those mm. are going to be behind the paywalls. It's so like one of the things that the um, Assassin's Creed games and like Watch Dogs and that do, like you can purchase in Uplay if you choose to, like the previous Assassin's robes, like that sort of thing. But there's also, that's cosmetic as well, so I don't see why there wouldn't be a couple of cosmetic things that you can get on there for this, like Trials Frontier. What was that, the last one? Yeah, that was, was the last one. Yeah, Trials that's, uh, that's what was Frontier. That must be. Oh, that's a phone game. My bad. But um, yeah, like the, there's cosmetic crap on there. So like, it's not like you need to grind loot boxes and crap to find interesting things to use as your cosmetic things. Like there are usually some things on Uplay. I'm sure there's something. I'm sure there's. I'm gonna look this up. Well, anyways, uh, back to the game itself. Uh, the the loop of the game. So I didn't really have any issues like playing with other players. Uh, I didn't really play any of the Dark Zone stuff because th honestly, that's from what I understood and was being told, it's just very much like the first game and they still have yet to expand on it because of the whole roadmap system that they're breaking out with the live service model. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, mission to mission wise, I'm very 50-50 on it. Okay, Jay? Mm -hmm. So, going in, I was worried that the missions were going to feel samey, 
like in the division one, I, I felt like I was gonna, I was playing the same mission over and over again. Yeah, enemies, I, I, I get that. The enemies were very bullet spongy and uh, cheap at times. Those were my two main concerns. Uh, division two kind of fixed half that. They fixed mission to mission, uh, mostly. So you go to different buildings and areas, and the and the layouts are different enough where it feels fresh each time, right? And there was a there was a couple levels I got to play where you're like in this whole you're in a planetarium and you're shooting out the planetarium and uh, because you're busting out screens you still see the stars and whatnot in the background and there's people in the in in the um, in the rafters of the planetarium I was like okay that's cool so there's a few levels such as those in the game which keeps it real for, those are cool there's a lot of lobby battles which you know that got samey. And the enemies, uh, the enemies, I'm very hesitant to say they did a good job on it. I think they did an okay job. So now you can shoot armor off the enemies. You can shoot their helmets, their, their um, chest pieces, and that'll knock them down quicker, right? Right. Uh, to an extent, it, it works in that, in that. In theory, it does work after enough hits like anything, but even so to me, it came across as now the armor is bullet spongy and now you have to go through the armor and then you get to the guy who has now now his health can be busted down quicker. You kind of have to relies on you being more pinpoint accurate with it, which I guess is I I guess is cool. That's fine. Uh, There's just the uh, the kamikaze enemies that get really annoying and if if you're in any way the level the same level or under leveled you're gonna have a hard time getting past these guys so playing alone in the division two which which by the way ubisoft says you can do isn't really an option like just because you can do it doesn't mean you're gonna have fun doing it right because mm-hmm. i played no. i tried playing some missions alone and they were nightmarish, even at the even at the beginning of the game and lower difficulty levels. Because of all these kamikaze guys and missions, you can't shoot more than two kamikaze guys coming at you. There's always gonna you're you're gonna be focused on one, and if you try to like spray both of them, you won't knock their armor off in time. Someone's getting you in the end, and then you're bam, your health's gone. Right. So the game wants you to play. It's it's made for you to play online, right? With more people, whether it's randoms or friends that you might might have. <laughs> I don't have friends. We had this conversation earlier. Right. We're not even friends. So why are we gonna play? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very I'm, I'm very, very torn I'm very... with the game itself. It's it's well made. It has a lot of things I like about it. Uh. Everything that was great in the Division 1, a lot of the modes they added later just aren't in Division 2, so they're starting over from scratch again, seemingly with all these other modes, which seemed really weird. So, I don't think I'm going to play the game anymore. I'm not interested in playing the game anymore, because even though it's solidly made, it's just not, it doesn't maintain my interest enough where okay here here's a here's a great example monster hunter world right 
our game of the year last year, right? That was mm-hmm. made where you could you could play by yourself or online, and the game would adjust to online play. A very good key feature that the Division Two does not have. <laughs> it sounds like a problem about like you should be able to do things, and it should lower the difficulty curve if you're playing by yourself. Something, right? Something. It it. No matter what, the enemies always take the same amount of bullets. Um, there, I think. I think the grind to getting the loot is too heavy to make you rely on getting said loot uh, to be overpowered just so you can complete said missions later. Right. So, oh, this right. mission's at level three. Well, that means I have to be at level five to survive. Right. Right. There's no unless unless of course you're in a team of four with friends and you're talking to each other. Maybe there's a way you can work around that. I had very little success with that. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, as soon as I got, as soon as I grinded for X amount of time and got a weapon, then all of a sudden it was almost too easy. I didn't really. There were certain boss battles which were cool, uh, only a couple, but the game didn't help hold my interest. In it. I think that's the fault at the end of the day. Yeah, that. If it's dull and doesn't hold your interest, that's kind of a big problem. Yeah, it had its moments. I will admit that it's not like Anthem, where it was a broken piece of shit with uninteresting in-game. Uh, it's a, you know we could go on and on uh, down that rabbit hole again. Uh, so the division two isn't isn't horrible by any means. I don't hate it. It's it's just okay. It's fine, I guess. It's a looter shooter. The loot's okay. Um, the missions were good every now and again. Is how it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. Would you recommend it for people if they have friends, or would you not recommend it for people? Uh, I think, I think currently this is the the best loot game out there right now. I, I'm not counting Apex Legends because that's a that's a battle royale game. Yeah, you get loot in it, but not not the same live service model. Like Battlefield Five, that's dead. Anthem's already dead. Like, let's face it. <laughs> It's not even, it's barely, I don't even think a month has passed, and it's pretty much dead already. Uh, like, I read somewhere 70 or 60% of the player base is already gone. How did that sit-out go for Anthem? Like, did they actually do it? Or did you not read oh, more I didn't into read this? About, I didn't read more about the sit-out, but that's, I mean, that's how bad it is. At least, with, at least with Ubisoft and the Division, like, Ubisoft's already come out and says there's going to be more endgame stuff uh, coming out, I believe, this week. <laughs> so the, like Ubisoft is committed to making this a a good and a good game at a better experience than the first one. And they're already they could a much focus better start. on making other games good. <laughs> just just saying. I get like this to make them more money in the long run, but like can you make other games good? Can? They have. They do. <laughs> 
you say that, but like there was a remaster of an old Assassin's Creed game that came out, and that game was still broken. I'm not going to say it's like super broken, but it's annoyingly broken. Yeah, it's as expected. No, I was thinking um, Assassin's Creed Rogue. This oh, came out Rogue. like last year. Rogue is a special game. Always has been. Always will be, I guess. It's the, I'm playing the remaster of Assassin's Creed 3, though. It's, um, it's Assassin's Creed 3. Sure is. <laughs> yep. So our so sixth our- game is Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, yeah. Is this like Edgelord Dante like it was in a Devil May Cry 4? <laughs> I would I say would... this is closer to a campy version of DMC. Th- <laughs> so is that a problem? No. Well, no, not fair enough. Did you pick this game up? Uh, yes, I did. Absolutely. How'd you, how'd you go with it? Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't know whether I'm just better at these kind of games now, or at least com- more competent. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm good. Uh, so DMC5 has an 87 on Metacritic. It's getting, it got very good reviews. Uh, I'm, I, I want to make sure I get some of the character, character names right. Uh, shoot. Uh, you know what? I can, I can just... I can just... It's fine. Um, I played it when it first came out for a few hours, and then I got distracted, you know, with the new job and everything. But anyways. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 is super campy. It's fun. I love the attack system. I was worried uh, before it was coming out because I, Capcom came out and said there's going to be microtransactions in the game. Uh, that immediately made me take a, take four steps back and go, whoa. <laughs> How are the microtransactions? Uh, they are... I mean, they exist. Weird. Why they're even there. I mean, we know why they're there. It's just to pump out any sort of extra dime they can out of the game, right? You can buy orbs to upgrade things quicker and skip shit. Okay. What I was worried yeah, about but like, is... That's for people who are weak and can't beat the DMC games. Well, sure. Well, I was worried that they were going to hide like special moves and stuff behind the paywalls, which they thank fucking God they did. No, because that would be dumb and that would ruin a game. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, that would be kind of a... a, a not, not even a pay-to-win model, but you, you get the idea. Uh, Indeed. So DM, DMC5... You go through the game and you play as three characters. You have uh, Dante, I think his name's Nero, then um, uh, Emo Magic Book Boy, which I forget his name. Or is that Nero? No, you just narrowed his name on the head, Emo Magic Book Boy. You know what, I gotta, I gotta get, these, get these names. Because if you don't, people will get mad. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh... Yeah, Dante, Nero, and V. <laughs> so, but yeah, Magic, Magic Book Boy, Nero, and Dante. And um, the whole idea is you play as, uh, as these three characters and you progress. You don't get Dante until later in the game. I didn't play enough to get him, but I did get to play as him uh, through someone else's uh, file. And it's interesting. Uh, they, they they did it 
they did it good enough where B and Nero are easier to control. So Nero is the easiest. V, you are kind of hanging back with a book and you summon animals. You're you're really controlling B and the animal at once. And uh, then later you get Dante, who has a very complicated control scheme. So the game's way of trying to get you better at the control scheme is to introduce you to these characters, get used to their styles, and then get used to the button combination and variations of them. Then you get Dante, who has the most complicated, and you should be ready by that point. So I, quite, I, I quite liked that, uh, that spike and, uh, and curve to the characters and how to play the game. I thought that was real cool. Nice little touch. So do you like the fact that each of the different characters has a different control scheme? Well, the thing is, they're, they're all similar to each other, where you, you have an idea on how to control them already. Just because the game doesn't ver- it doesn't vary between them, but how you utilize the combinations does vary between the characters. You're like, for example, X is the jump, but with the next character, he has a double jump. The next character, he can turn in midair, kind of thing. So there's a scale to it, right? And you can and you can upgrade and you can get new moves and uh, and. Uh, combo and dodge attacks and there's there's a lot of variety to it it's 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 really neat this is what devil may cry was kind of built off of and they've expanded and made it much better in this one it's 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 really nice this is how you make a good uh this is how you do a sequel so to say uh better than the last than, than the previous one this is a great return to form for the dmc series I, and there there's a reason for it that's why it's getting good reviews because of things like and because it's an action combat game focus on the action combat right the hack and slash it's almost like that part makes sense yeah uh now the story is super campy it's hilarious i mean at one point uh i believe dante i think it's dante he gets a he gets a he gets his weapon and he does uh the michael jackson dance which in hindsight now that that uh, documentary came out may not have been the best decision, but you get you know it, it's still funny. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And they introduced a new they introduced a new girl character, and she's got a nice little southern accent. She's a she's a southern belle, Jay. <laughs> like Lacey Evans. She's ch- well, this one's actually interesting. Chippy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say this one actually shows up on like your screen. Yeah, this one actually shows up and actually does something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Is she a mainstay, you reckon, or is she just a game character? Uh, she seems to be... Well, she's brand new, so I hope she's in any future games. I really like her. She's definitely... All the characters in the game are good. I love them. Turns so nice. that she dies or she's like the final boss and you just haven't realized it yet. <laughs> no, yeah. not the Southern Belle. <laughs> yeah, when, when I'm done with, I'm uh, done a, with a couple uh, games I'm, I'm working my way through uh, currently, then I will go back to Devil May Cry 5. But this is this is super fun. I have no regrets buying it. If you are a fan of hack and slash genre or an action game in general, uh, this game is for you. Um, it does have a faster pace, I think, than previous uh, installments. Bear in mind, I I played one, one, two, three, four. I didn't play 
uh, Emo Dante, DMC, whatever that was called. Play that one. <laughs> so, is it easy for newcomers, or is it going to take some getting used to for people who haven't played a DMC before? I think it's a good entry for newcomers. Uh, there's even Do you need cool... to have seen or played previous stories to pick this one up? So, there's actually a video uh, compilation you can watch in the game uh, to get caught up with the whole story and everything. Not that, like, the second game story matters. I mean, I hardly remember previous, so that was cool to see. I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. Play the game. And... Fair enough. Yeah. Hmm. So it's a good jumping on point, huh? It is a good jumping on point. And it's a I solid think the, um, I think that the PS4's got a, like, collection of the first four or something for, like, 50 bucks or 30 bucks or something. Well, this is AUD, so it's probably, like, $20 for you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah I might cool. check it out. Cool. Right. Our last game... So, um, did you beat that boss today? Uh, I haven't played it today. You disappoint me. Well, I thought you were gonna—I thought you were gonna come on here and be like, "No, I couldn't beat that boss," and I, I was gonna talk Yoshi's to you. Yoshi's Crafted World today. All right, Jay. Yesterday was very taxing very tax. on my psyche. <laughs> I needed some downtime with some some with some cardboard and paper. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying that Sekiro almost broke you yesterday? So, the game we're talking about here is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, the latest game from From Software. Oh, these shadows, if you're playing, die more than twice. Yeah, in my, in my case, my shadow died many times. It was definitely more than two times. Uh, same people from From Software that brought us Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, uh, and have the rights so to the Tenchu franchise. Isn't there a um, remaster of Demon Souls coming out later this year? Yes, there is. You excited? You're gonna get uh, angry at that game too. Well, I, I'm not gonna get the remake. Right? Have Demon Souls PS3. Well, somebody was at Angela before that game came out. Okay. Like before okay. Dark Souls and all that came out. Okay. So okay. Uh, Sekiro. I bring up Tenchu for a good reason. Get there. Sekiro, you are a shinobi. Who's who's been a a young a young lad. Uh, stricken by war, he gets taken in, and uh, he's taught the ways of the shinobi samurai. And uh, his purpose is, his sole purpose in life is to protect this young lord, young boy. Because the young boy has a secret called the dragon's blood. And it can, his blood can revive people. So, uh, that's a major aspect of the game where uh our main character here his name he goes by wolf wolf he has drank the dragon blood but he doesn't really remember uh much of his past anymore so he, su he suffers the amnesia thing very cliche but right right and uh because he has the dragon blood if he dies in battle you have the option to resurrect hence the shadows die twice moniker okay and then mm -hmm. um sekiro they just said it came across that line in the game sekiro is like fallen is um fallen something fallen wolf no it's wolf without a name i believe something like that uh but okay so anyways 
you're plopped in the well you come out in the world and you uh go kill some dudes and run up a mountain and it's uh very much like the bloodborne dark souls map formula where you go across an overworld there's branching paths and everything will kind of crisscross meet until you get to various boss battles in sekiro it does do all that but now there's many bosses <laughs> oh boy oh boy the other thing that's different than any dark souls game and bloodborne is the emphasis of a stealth b jumping <laughs> a consistent jump and c the higher emphasis on carrying and blocking there's no shield uh there's no dodge roll mechanic um which you won't get hit this is more folk so then this is where the tenchu thing comes in because you're a shinobi and it focuses on a lot of stealth in uh, are you familiar with the tenchu games of the past jay uh let's just look at it to them they look like a samurai kind of just hack and slash uh yeah kind of it also has an emphasis on stealth so the concept of tenchu games is you're a ninja you are plopped in a level and you kind of you can either do two things. You can either stealth kill everybody, or you can just go full action with it. Right? It's your choice. Same as Sekiro. The other is you go to the end of a level and you fight, or you have your mission. Fight uh, a boss, or complete the mission, or what have you. Same as Sekiro. Have a, an objective it's to get to this location, and that will culminate in boss battle type situation. Right, right. So that's that's your layout of the land, uh, and you have a lot of sword play. Uh, the magic item in this game is your shinobi prosthetic. So at, at, right off the bat, in the middle, uh, beginning of the game, your main character gets his left like left arm cut off, right? And he wakes up in this old dude goes enjoy your new arm by the way it's called a shinobi prosthetic i can outfit it with various weaponry of murder pretty cool it's all made out of it's a grappling hook, isn't it? yeah you get a grappling hook right away uh you find these various upgrades as you traverse the world uh some are easier to find than others you get a uh, a throwing uh, you get a throwing star aka shuriken you get a um freaking like blowtorch you get a, uh, you can get a feather that makes you disappear for a second. Uh, firecrackers you can throw down. Um, so it really cool upgrades. And there's also upgrades that you can get for your fighting style. Which is right, right. So that's, that's really neat to see. Uh, so Dark Souls games and Bloodborne, you would collect souls or orbs from enemies, like in DMC5, right? Kill an enemy, right. You, get, you get the thing. In, in, in Sekiro, you get experience points. And you use the experience, when you fill up a bar, you use the experience point, because when you fill up a bar, you get one point, fill up another bar, you get two. Use those point, points to unlock fighting skills, which is cool. Right. Yeah. As you traverse the world, you can upgrade your shinobi items by finding like scrap metal, various uh, rocks and minerals. So, 
that's uh that's like um i guess that's collecting certain shards and whatnot that's comparable to the dark souls bloodborne formula so you see a lot of push and pull from the regular souls franchise and then the tenchu franchise kind of molded together it's nice to see very interesting that that if it works and it's good and makes sense then that's good it does work what doesn't work so well is the extremely high difficulty curve of the game <laughs> do you want to talk about it ah uh, so the game kind of takes what you know about from software games like how to play how to play them and turns it upside down so you can't play it like them you got to play it where you're always attacking you're always dodging you're always uh uh parrying uh and it all enemies work off a health bar and a vitality meter the health bar you can kind of pick away at but it's really the vitality meter or endurance meter that you're trying to break down when you attack them you break their stance which is their vitality. Once you break their stance, you enact kind of a one-hit kill system. Now, every enemy does technically have this, but when you get to mini-bosses and bosses, their vitality takes what could be seemingly ages to break apart, whereas a regular enemy, you can just counter at the right time or a few hits and they're one-hit killed dead, right? Right. So, you, you have any questions so far? <laughs> no, it all makes sense so far. Okay. Uh, now, I mentioned why many bosses and bosses uh, take longer. They also attack like assholes. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Yes, yes. Uh, I think... So, I have two main issues with Sekiro. A is the mini bosses and bosses have certain every single one has certain attacks that have little to no indication uh of their attack of a certain attack that you can't block or dodge in time right this sounds like a spin attack from seven spears uh so there's um you know a, a seven spears uh certain spin attack uh certain lunge attacks from enemies um, where you're asked to fight them a certain way, but they have this one attack that can just impale you in, in two seconds. Um, uh, what, is, what is good is uh, every enemy has what's called a, a, death, a death kill, right? This is cool. And when, they, when they're about to embark on their death kill, a, a big flash of the Japanese symbol, um, I think it's like death kill, uh, gets on screen... The character will go into a motion, and you know it's either one of two things, right? That's cool, but they also have those one or two attacks that you just don't really see coming, and that's very bullshitty, uh, because to me it comes across as it's being hard for the sake of being hard, rather than you trying to get better through skill. What else? Uh, what else? One other thing that wasn't 
Um. Anyways, I'll think of it. Uh, playing playing the game through uh the stealth mechanic is really cool. Like going across the map and you know, picking apart enemy one by one, and you can cheese certain areas. Uh, I think one complaint I have about bosses in general is it seems to me that a lot of the bosses, instead of being able to just get better at the game and dodging and countering, it's almost like you're trying to find the best way to cheese the boss rather than quote-unquote beat him. You know? I get that. Is there a certain- like in Dark Souls not, there's a lot of bomb stabbing. There's a lot of there's a lot of just get behind the enemy and and attack and stab them from behind kind of deal. Yeah, butt pokes. Yeah, no, I but feel, in I this feel it doesn't sound like you can do that because they're smarter. I wouldn't even say they're smarter. They just attack more That's relentless, more rel- and it's harder it's harder to get any sort of read on their attacks because of how quick it is. Mm. Um, oh. The other major complaint is so you're going across uh, certain areas, right? And it's almost too quick in between when you com- when you beat one mini boss or boss, go to the next area, and then getting to the next mini boss or boss. It's almost too fast. So you get stuck into a loop way too easy. Of okay, I beat this boss, I got through the next area in like ten minutes. I'm already at another mini boss. Now I'm stuck on him for 20 minutes to 90, right? So your sense yep, of yep. progression is too damn slow in that sense. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. So that sense of frustration that the game is too hard and the frustration that you don't feel like you're actually accomplishing anything even after beating said bosses is very is is very poorly done. Now, do you still get a satisfaction over beating some bosses over others? Absolutely. <laughs> well, at least you're progressing. You are progressing, but the feeling of how much you're doing just isn't there. It's pretty absent in this game. Unless you just straight up run by him. The, the, but you don't really want to do that or you can't because then you won't get what's called prayer beads uh and these prayer beads when you get four of them that that those uh give you the ability to upgrade your vitality and strength there's no collecting orbs to upgrade various stats of yourself you just get this one item by defeating mini bosses and that's how you upgrade your your health and vitality Right, the game's right. forcing you to get those things. Right. Well, like you were saying yesterday when you were playing, the, like when you were versing um, Lady Butterfly, that yeah, she's you bitch. needed an, an item called like something seeds, and you couldn't get them until later on in the game. So if you ran out of them in that fight and died, you were kind of screwed. Yeah, this has happened, this has happened now this is two times now in the time. game. Uh, so Lady uh, Butterfly so is a Butterfly boss is- in which she uses illusions Illusion. in her second form. Four. And you're given three three or five snap seeds by this downed enemy, like right before you fight her. He's like, oh, you're going to need these. Well, let's say you die five times and you used all the snap seeds. You can't 
find them anywhere else in the game until later on in which the game assumes you've beaten her already. So this key item that helps you get through this boss, once you use them all, you're, you're screwed. And I did look up there's another area you can, you can get there, but you, wouldn't, you would never know it, right? Uh, and right. I'm pretty sure you couldn't buy this particular item from a merchant that merchant. you come across, who's of course hidden. <laughs> so these are kind of the things in from software games that uh are always irritating me this isn't this isn't just a sekiro problem uh you'd think they would figure this out and then the second one was against genichiro where he uses lightning attacks and it, here's another case of you picked up three items that help reduce damage to lightning well where else can i get them there's no hint where you can get them you have no idea where you can get them, and you only get these three. So you're screwed there, too. You use all three. Yeah, right. I don't know, because it seems like a kind of a flawed mechanic with the game. Like, they should have put them either just before that boss fight, potentially. Or, you know, like, that, down down enemy, down, like, that downed enemy will say, give you the snap seeds every time. Yeah, or like they... They could have given you like a little, like a merchant, like just before the fight, where like they were a little bit more expensive than at other shops. Anything, anything along those lines. Uh, yeah, I was very, I was very frustrated, like with that because with the snap seeds, I was like, hey, I can, I can beat, I can get by this form. Uh, you know, and if you want to make it more challenging on yourself by not using them, then that's a different story in itself. You know, adding difficulty by your own choice rather. Than uh, the game kind of taking away this Wait. option that it gave you. Don't agree with that that mechanic. I don't recall Devil May Cry Five doing anything. So uh, it's it's tough for me to decide which game I I like more. I definitely like the From Software formula more than what I'm getting out of Devil May Cry Five. But I think right. Devil May Cry Five is right. a more fun game. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But, like, you seem to have enjoyed Sekiro from what I heard you playing it yesterday, even though you're getting frustrated. Even though I get incredibly frustrated and pissed off at the game, it's still super fun. Uh, it's very challenging. And because I don't play a lot of these super challenging games a lot, this is a good welcome. Good welcome. And I just like the idea. Uh, I just like the sword play in the game and the whole stealth mechanic to it. How much that plays off the Tenchu formula past. Really like that. If anything, this game is more like Tenchu than Dark Souls. It's Tenchu in a Dark Souls map, how I would put it. Right, right. Well, it's got a 90 on Metacritic as well as a Metacritic must play seal of approval for games. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be up there for game of the year uh, for me. Wonder. What else? Last of Us 2, if it comes out. I want it to come out this year. I have faith. I have uh, confidence in my games coming out. So, yeah, I think, I think of what came out this month, I think the two must-buys, if you're action fans, is DMC5 and Sekiro, depending on what difficulty level you want to play at. If you want a relaxing 
experience than uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yoshi's Crafted World or Baba Is You are the other two. Everything else, you know, aren't really must haves in my opinion. Well, if you want to play a story driven game that you haven't played and have like a spare 60 bucks, go pick up The Walking Dead like four seasons. In my opinion, they're a very good story. I like them. Telltale series, sure. Well, I know it's not for everybody, but like once you get used to it, they're they're very, very, very good stories. <laughs> uh, well, March was an exciting month. I liked um, most of the games that came out. I just didn't play Walking Dead because I'm not a Walking Dead fan. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Much better than February. February was uh, wasn't very bueno. <laughs> so I did some research whilst we were going on. Um, it's a handful of games coming out for April. The okay. main one, though, looks like it's going to be uh, Days Gone. Yes, the PS4 exclusive. Indeed. Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out. Uh, Shovel Knight Shovel Showdown, Knight Showdown. I think, is also coming. Are there any other April releases? Uh, there's a handful of just random PS4 games that if I pick up, I'll let you know. April 2019 game why not? Live. Um, left Alive on PS4. Nope, that's Mark. There's a um, World War Z game coming out, dude. I mean, that stays gone. <laughs> no, there's actually like a World War Z four-player co-op game. Uh, Neither do I. Just a Till the June. Here we go. Uh, Cuphead on Nintendo Switch. Played Cuphead before. Box Boy and Box Girl. Be something. That's a nice little indie title. Uh, let's see. The Phoenix Wright series. Nah. Oh, maybe. Team World. Objection. Quest. Lots of Switch games I've, I'm seeing here. Is that Phoenix Wright game a Switch game, or is that coming out for the third? Yes. Uh, it's coming out on Switch. Is it a remake of the old ones, or like it a port, the, or is it, it a... Is, um... It is the trilogy. All of them. Yeah. Out. One nice little packet. <laughs> oh, I might actually get that. I think you should. They're, uh, they're not my type of game, but I, I, I've played a couple of them, and they're, they're okay. Hmm. There consider it days gone so there you go yeah so do i you know those finish rock games are on the um ipad now as well are they <laughs> yeah they are all right ladies, all and, right, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen that was april uh modern gaming 2019 yeah you take it well you can follow jd on twitter at jd bowling or bowling jd i forgot which one it is bowling jd Look at me. I remember. I got it right the second time. And you can follow myself on Twitter at uh, the Viva Look Jaddy. And we will be back next month to cover the releases for April. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>